Let's pray this morning as we dive into the message that God has for us. I want to welcome those online as well. Uh, Praise God. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. We honor you and we praise you and we seek your face. God, you have great things for us, and we thank you for that. Um, I thank you, Lord, that um, we live in a, in a nation where we can gather and, and, and open your word and, and read your word and grow and expand and then live this gospel message to a world that needs to know the light. Father, help us to be bold this year. Um, help us to be uh, committed to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give us a heart of compassion as a church. Um, teach us your will, Lord. We honor and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have been looking at prayer. The Lord put on my heart uh, this year to really focus on on prayer. I want you to know that from the the beginning, um, that prayer is difficult. Could someone say amen to that? It is difficult for many reasons. For the spiritual reason is because Paul writes in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so there are demonic things that don't want you to pray. That's just the reality of it. Sometimes this happens and that happens and you say, I'm having a bad day. No, you're being attacked. (laughs) Some of it could be your own mistake, you know, but. A lot of times it's just we're being attacked. The enemy doesn't want us to pray. You've heard it said before. If you've not heard it, let me say it again. He doesn't care that you hear the word. He doesn't care that you hear great music. In fact, he makes it big and entertaining, and so you get more of it. What he doesn't want you to do is to pray. So prayer is difficult. So when you hear that we're telling you to pray, We fully understand that what we're asking of you is difficult. It is difficult. I don't know what to say. One of the scariest things for people is public speaking. So even to say, hey, can you pray out loud? They're like, are you out of your mind? Not only is prayer difficult, now you want me to do something that's one of the most scariest things, which is speak in front of people. I get it. I still get nervous after 30 years of preaching this gospel. So it's difficult. That should free some of you all to stop the struggle for prayer. We know it's difficult. But the reason why it's difficult is because, again, it's it's demonic. Uh, The other part before I get to where we start when it comes to prayer, and and my uh, theme for or my title is I will pray more. If you're taking notes, I will pray more. Um, It's simply this, is that you have to understand that... um, it is, it is difficult to pray, but you also have to understand as well that you have to break out of religion in order for you to even start to pray. That if you're religious, and what I mean by that is religious in the sense of where only on the occasion of an emergency I'm going to pray, right? Because when the situation of the cardiac arrest happened on the football field, they stopped playing, 
and they started praying. But now that we realize and heard he's coming out of it, they're going to go back to playing again. And so all over America, and I'm sure the world, but all over America, you had two camps. You had the righteous people praying, and you had the religious people praying. And the religious people, once we know that there's been a result, because we only pray on emergency. So not only is it difficult to pray, if we're religious, we only pray on occasions of where there's emergency that we have to do that. That's not a slam. That's just the reality of it. I mean, we welcome prayer. We want people to pray. But where we have to get to is to understand how the righteous pray. Write that down. How does the righteous people pray? That's really the question is, is how does the, the righteous pray? And, and, and so before we get to how to pray, we have to get to the reason why we pray. Because it's a big difference. There's a huge difference between how to pray versus the reason why we pray. So, so the righteous, here's what we understand when it comes to prayer. The righteous acknowledge, according to the study from Advent Health, one of the writers of their blog, we understand this as the righteous, so we're not knocking prayer. What we're saying is this, is that we understand that there is benefits to prayer because it says, and I quote, doctors who have studied the physiological effects of prayer have reported that when praying, heart rate and blood pressure decreases. Praise God for that. Come on, church. You know what I'm saying? So, so the very thing that we do that is spiritual, doctors are saying physiologically prayer actually reduces your heart rate and your blood pressure. So just tell your coworkers if their heart rate is going up, pray. It's difficult, but it's beneficial. Your heart rate will actually decrease. That's amazing to me. That God's laws are not just spiritual, but they work in the natural as well. If you read the dietary system that God set up for the nation of Israel, it's actually one of the most healthiest systems of way to eat. It really is. And so not only was God saying, these things you dedicate unto me, and you don't eat this and you eat this, he's literally saying that physically it would have benefited you as well. I thank God for mercy because how many know that, that we need mercy every day? I know I do. For, for, for mistakes I've made. And I need mercies for the sins I commit. Amen? Sins you commit, confess your sins. Mercy, mistakes. Come on, right? So don't confuse the two. Right? Sin, confess your sin. And his mercy will be applied to it. But there's certain things we do that require God's mercy. And, and, so, and so some of the times that we're praying for people's miracles, God said if you would just understand the law of life, if you just understand how to take care of your body, you wouldn't have to be praying for a miracle. Come on, come on, church. Amen. Not that we won't pray for America. I'm just simply saying that right now this year, make a decision that I'm going to pray more. For what reason? Because it lowers my blood pressure. Kids, get on your nerves. You know what I'm saying? Lord Jesus, bring it down, bring it down. And so, therefore, why should we be a praying people as righteous people is because we understand the physiological benefits of praying. And so I don't know why work would ban prayer then. I don't understand why companies say you can't pray. I don't understand why they take it out of the schools. 
for the benefits of it physically to these students who need to understand life. You take something out because you think it's religious, and therefore we see the increase of stuff going on. If we can tell them, get prayer back into the schools, it'll decrease. These are doctors who believe in science, not scriptures, and they're telling you, pray. So pause there for a second. God is on his throne saying, just pray. Just pray. So, so the righteous, we understand the psychological and the physiological effects of prayer. And so then you start to, your breathing is regulated. I find that there are times, I don't know about you, but one of the biggest things that I'm battling is, is this anxiety. It'll just show up in, in different um, times of my life. And, and, and so I had to recognize as I went to the doctor and got my, 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 my physical and, and, you know, and all those things. And, and I like to be preventative. And so I went and we have an amazing doctor and she's really, really cool. And at the end of it, she says, well, there's nothing physically wrong with you. I'm like, praise God. Specimen of perfection. Take my blood. You know what I mean? And I got so much pain. They love it. They're like, boop. I'm like, you get one shot at it. You better get as much blood as you want. One shot. You are not going to stick something in me again, right? Not going to happen. And so she sends this thing to me, and she says, and oh, this is not TMI, but, but, but she says to me, she goes, there's, physically there's nothing wrong with you. Um, she goes, what you do as a profession requires a lot of taking on people stuff. And she says, you need to have an outlet for that. Doctor. Pray, bro. So every pastor should spend more than 10 minutes praying. I mean, God is saying, you're getting burnt out, not doing my work. You're getting burnt out because you're not doing the work of the ministry, which requires prayer. And so when we look at this, we understand that God is saying that it's critical, it's vital that that's the case, right? So right now, I want you as righteous individual, your commission now, right now, that everyone you come in contact with, whenever they come to you, first ask them, hey, are you praying? Not judging, just want to know, are you praying? Because trust me, man, the doctors are saying that it will actually help you to be able to cope and to think, are you praying? You're spiritual, I know, but right now this is natural and you need this. Don't let the world silence us when we have the greatest message ever that meets every need of every human being that there is. And so the word of God says prayer, is it? I'm going to get to some scriptures. And so although praying, praying is not easy... Prayer is an easy way to reduce stress in your life, which lowers your risk of developing certain chronic illnesses such as ulcers, headaches, depression, and high blood pressure. That's a doctor. That's what they're saying. So the righteous people, though, we don't just camp in the physical. We actually understand the soul realm. We understand the spirit realm. And so the Bible, someone say the Bible, it instructs us to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean every single day your mouth is open or every time of the day your mouth's open. It means to have an attitude where you're always acknowledging the presence of the divine. It means I'm washing dishes, I'm praying. It means I'm driving, I'm praying. You don't have to close your eyes because that's dangerous. But you're constantly praying. Why? Because you recognize that the scripture tells us that we should pray without ceasing. 
Because here's the deal. Here is where we land. And this is why we need the six reasons why I will pray more. I'm talking about the soul realm now. I haven't got to the spirit yet. This is strictly the soul realm. The soul is your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotions, right? And so the will needs reason to do something. So you have your flesh that's fighting, and the flesh is connected to the world that can be demonic. But you also have the spirit, which connects to God, which is where we want to get to. But right here is the middle that we are battling. The war is over, but we are battling. This making sense to anybody, right? And so it's your will. You actually have to will to pray. Because once you feel better, you'll stop praying. Thanks, God. Don't need you anymore. Go back in the bottle because you're a genie. Go back in your bottle, right? But when we understand that he wants to commune with us, because see, at this level, prayer is simply a conversation with God. And over here, it is communing with God. But right in the middle, it is that communication. So you've got to tell your soul, soul, you are going to pray more. David says, soul, why are you thou disquiet in me? Hope thou in God. David learned to talk to himself. And so if you're going to pray to move it from that difficult demonic realm to where you're going to get over to here, which is really your desire and delight, you have to understand, you have to understand this particular place, which is the will, which makes it a duty and a discipline. Write that down if you're taking notes. So over here in the flesh, it's demonic and it's difficult. But over here, it's communing with God, and it's a desire, and it's a delight. Can you imagine if your teenager says, don't bother me, mom, don't bother me, dad, I'm praying, I'm on my knees. You'd be like, oh, praise God, parenting success. That's the goal we want, that prayer becomes a desire and a delight, and not this thing over here that we fall asleep and we get bored. Why? Because the enemy is rocking us to sleep. It's in the flesh realm. But over here, we all desire for prayer to be a delight. But the Word of God speaks specifically, not just to hear. It doesn't just speak specifically to hear. It also speaks to right here where we have to say, I will pray more. Let's say it together. I will pray more. That's an act of your will. And so the Bible says pray without ceasing. You can only do that if you make it an act of your will. To pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So here it is. Write this down. The act of praying is an act of obedience. The act of praying is an act of obedience and it requires the will to be involved. I love what people says. If you pray God's will, well, your will needs to then come in agreement with God's will. So the act of praying is an act of obedience, and it requires the will to be involved. So the reason why I say is because here we have to move from now. Now that you understand that you're righteous, and what does righteous mean? Righteous is a biblical term for meaning you're in right standing with God. Hear me now. You're at peace with God. You're in a right standing with God. He declared you righteous. So you're not self-righteous. He declared you righteous. Man, I wish when I talk to people, they recognize who they are in Christ. Because I'm telling you, when Paul says rejoice evermore, every time Paul writes about prayer, he begins with saying rejoice in it. So he's saying that I know you're going to be doing something that's difficult and demonic, but he says your attitude needs to be one where you rejoice. Why? Because you're righteous before the one who controls everything anyways. It's God. As a nation, we've got to get right with God. 
Not because we're political, but because it's biblical. Write that down. We have to come together and declare the righteousness of God. If you don't want God to judge a nation, we've got to be righteous people. Come on, folks. That's what it's about. And so it requires the will. It requires the will. It's an act of obedience. So adults, young people, children, if your will is not involved, here is where you struggle with. Because if your will is not involved, you can't jump from the demonic and difficulty of being in the flesh where there's so much entertainment that's around. It's impossible to go from here to jump all the way over here to be a desire and a delight. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You're expending energy and it's not going to work. You're going to become religious because you don't want people to think you don't pray. So you're going to now become religious. Why? Because I know it's not a desire and a delight. And I know it's difficult and demonic. And you will sit here being religious as opposed to being righteous. And here's the key. Because you have a relationship with God. The soul realm is the part of that relationship with God. Right? We call when you meet somebody, we call you have a, a soul tie. We talk about that connection. Your soul is so vital to who you are. Don't ignore your soul, folks. Your soul is vital. It's your mind, your will, your intellect. It requires the spirit of God. So your soul has to come in agreement with what's going on. So where am I then? Where's the majority of the church? The majority of the church is right here in this particular realm where they're told to pray more. They're like, yes, I want to pray more, but I'm struggling. And the reason for that is because you have to understand in this relationship with God, it is a duty and it's a discipline. That's the secret right there. That's what the enemy doesn't want you to receive this morning. He doesn't want you to recognize that when you look at a duty, you think of being a slave as opposed to being a son. Oh, come on. You don't recognize who you are. A duty is not just because I'm a son and I have a relationship with the father. A duty is because I'm a soldier. Come on. And he's the master. Ah. And so prayer is spiritual warfare. And you've got to understand that your commander has commissioned you an assignment. It's your duty. You go up in the military and you don't follow the duty. It's dangerous. You put other people in arm's way. If you don't understand the duty and the assignment and we send you out to do warfare, you are dangerous. So the first thing to understand is this. In this relationship with God, where I stand righteous before him and understanding that it's demonic and it's difficult, but I want to get to this place of a desire and a delight where I commune with God by my spirit, I have to recognize now it's a duty and a discipline. And where the enemy gets us is right here. And so what we want to do is expose the enemy by recognizing, hold on a second here. My soul is involved. Yes, because your will must come in agreement. Can someone say amen to that? And so you have to understand your relationship with the Lord. So let me give you six things and then we're done. Six reasons I will pray more. Six reasons I will pray more. My God, we so underestimate the demonic war that's taking place. We so underestimate it. So what we do is we domesticate our demons and call that just as normal. <laughs> That's what we do because we're really religious. We are. And, and so there are times you have to recognize, God, keep away this religious spirit from me that I miss the liberty and the freedom I have in you. Can someone say amen to freedom? If you didn't get the message last week, prayer cannot fit in your religious box. God says, you cannot limit me. Stop limiting me. 
And by the way, here's what God has said. We're going to get to this. God's like, um, um, listen, if you know me, you will know my ways. If you know me, you'll know my ways. And so it's really this area of the will. It really is that. When Jesus went to be tempted of the enemy, he, he couldn't use his, his godly powers. He couldn't. Because the enemy would say, see, you have to tap into that area. And so he went in there and he fought the enemy. Why? By the word of God and with his will, his soul. He's like, notice it. It is written, devil. Come on, somebody. Right? It, it is, I'm going to go with the word. Why? Because my soul does magnify the Lord. My soul gives him praise. Jesus made a decision to obey the Lord. I've shared this with you before, and I'm going to share this with you again. Listen, this free will stuff that people talk about, let me, let me, let me solve that problem for me. You, your free will is either obedience or disobedience. That's it. You're not the captain of your own ship. You're not. It's either I'm going to obey the Lord or disobey the Lord. Because Paul writes, says, sons of disobedience. Who are those? Disobedient people. But when you read the scripture, it says, obey. so the only choice you have when you hear when God speaks, and that's why we don't want to pray, because we know if we go to God and pray, he's going to tell us what to do, and we don't want to do it. So we come back in here. And so how do you know that everything that God has for us is for our desire anyways? <laughs> Everything that God gives us is for, is for your desire. It's not like God is saying, oh, man, I don't care about you. God's like, I know you need this. I tell your neighbor, you need this. Come on, you, you need this. Everything that God wants to give to you, he said, you need this. I'm not holding something back from you you don't need. You actually need this. You need joy. You need peace. You need long-suffering. Come on, somebody. You need gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is because you need it. I know you may not want it, but you need it. And so when you look at this, we stand right here, and it's this duty, and it's a discipline to pray. The Lord says to me, he says, Ro, um, I, I, I know you could do a devotion in bed, but it's so much better when you get out of the bed. <laughs> like, like, I know I'm there with you in the bed, but, but it's, so much, it's so much better when you, when you get out of the bed because, see, see, it's difficult to get up that early, right? <laughs> Because my flesh is sleeping. But God says you went to bed earlier. <laughs> right? I rebuke you, Satan. God's like, no, she went to bed earlier. <laughs> hey, don't do the devil. Go to bed earlier. I'm freeing some people right now. Come on. Because I know it's your desire and delight to be with me, Ro. I know you want to commune with me. But you have to recognize over here that you have to see that it's difficult and it's also demonic. And so I have to get to this place where he says, okay, if you want to delight and desire me, you have to deal with this part that's called it's your duty and it's also a discipline. Get out of bed. But God, help me. No, your soul needs to come in agreement with what I've already told you. Come on, this is helping somebody. Because we just throw it all out. Ah, it's not possible. Ah, forget God. I'll just be religious and just pray at breakfast. Pray when I get in my car. Just do my prayer and not realizing this amazing relationship that we have with the Lord. So here are the six reasons. Not just one. These are six reasons that God has given to me. And every time I was preparing this message this week, I kept adding stuff. God's like, take it away. And I put this, take it away. Oh, this will sound cool. Remove it. He said, just give them the raw bone of the six reasons 
I will pray. Not just pray more. Six reasons why I will pray more. And here's the first one. I will pray more because he loves me. Psalm 66, verses 19 to 20. So it's a duty and a discipline. So I'm going to discipline myself because here's the first thing I have to recognize in this relationship I have with the Lord of being righteous. And I know we hear it all the time, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But God is saying, you don't even believe that. You quote it. Tell your soul that. <laughs> Tell your soul that. So Psalm 66, 19 to 20, it says this in verse 19. But truly God has what? Listen. The verse before that fixes us from just being religious because if you regard iniquity in your heart, I won't hear you. So the psalmist is saying, I've already dealt with the blood. Come on, I dealt with the blood that was applied to my life. And so I stand righteous before God. And because I'm in right standing with God, he says, truly God has listened. He has what? Attended to the what? Voice of my what? Prayer. Verse 20, blessed be God. Because he has not rejected my prayer. Oh, my goodness. When you have a need that is pressing, you're desperate for God, and you're crying out to God, you need to know that God has not rejected that prayer. It may not be perfect, my God, but it's a plea before a holy God. That prayer may not be eloquent, but it is a prayer that God says, I will not reject your prayer. Why are we praying more when the God in heaven is saying, I will not reject your prayer. You may get rejected at work. You may get rejected by a loved one. You may not get invited to that Thanksgiving or Christmas event. But God is saying that if you love me, come on, why? Because I love you. And I demonstrate it by not rejecting your prayers. Or remove his steadfast love from me. So the first thing the psalmist is saying, I will pray more. I will understand this duty and this discipline. Why? Because he loves me. He loves me. Some translation calls it because he will remove his mercy from me. And so mercy and love are connected throughout scripture. He also puts it this way, that he won't withdraw his unfailing love from me. That ought to give us just a motivation to say, yes, soul, take delight in this. He will not reject my prayer. You ever prayed and it feels like it's just hitting and it's not going anywhere? That's because some demonic thing wants you to know. He doesn't love you. He can't even hear you. And you got to recognize, get out of the way, man. He hears it. He hears it. And so the foundational reason why you pray more is because you want to understand that God loves me. If there's everything we spend time on, it's that. It's God loves you. I quote, God's promises of unconditional love and peace drives away worry and anxiety. When we don't rely on God in prayer, We are trying to carry a burden that wasn't meant for us. And the reason why you see it as a duty and and, and it becomes something that's depression or you're, you're depressed is because you're carrying a burden into the soul realm. So you're taking a burden that doesn't belong to you and you realize, man, it's difficult and demonic. And so now you let me get over here. And what you did, it wasn't taking the difficult and demonic. You came over here now and you're taking a burden that you shouldn't be taking. And so therefore now, 
Um, I can't even understand that God loves me because if God loves me, why am I feeling this way? If God loves me, why is this happening? If God loves me and God heard my prayer, why did I get abused? If God loved me, then why did this happen to me? And so we take not the physical stuff necessarily, but the psychological things of where the memory still lingers. Ah, that's so good. And so we're in this place, and it's hard to be a duty, God. How can you love me if you allowed this to happen to me? It's not over here. It's right here in this soul realm. And so the first thing is, the reason why I pray is because God loves me. If there's one thing the enemy wants to rob from you is that, that God doesn't love you, because why would God allow that to happen to you? If there's a question we hear more and more and more again, it's that. It's that. I don't debate the existence of God. I don't spend time wasting with people saying, God doesn't exist. See you later, because it's not going to change God in the morning. Oh, my gosh, you don't believe I exist. Let me change everything. God's like, okay. I'm still going to be God, whether you believe me or not. What you lose is what you're really saying is, how could God love me because he allowed this to happen? We all really believe the sovereignty of God. We just don't want to admit it. Because when things bad, we say he's sovereign. He could have stopped it. But when things are going, come on, folks. It's either he's sovereign or he's not. That's what it is. Either the good or the bad, right? And God doesn't work good or the bad. God is life. It's not good or bad with God. It's life. He's all good. Let that sink in. It's all good. Right? When we understand and we recognize that. And so it is, I will pray more. Why? Why? Someone say, because he loves. I don't know if he loves you, but I know he loves me. <laughs> While you're battling, I want to let you know that I'm embracing the blessing. You feel me? So when people talk every kind of way about you, you tell them, God loves me. How do you know that he doesn't reject my prayers? Come on. And he doesn't withdraw his love from me. My God, hallelujah, somebody. You're righteous. You have a relationship with Abba Father. And you're going to have someone's opinion, someone to curse you. That devil is a liar. You better close your mouth. Why? Because God hears, excuse me, God loves me. My, uh, one of my mentors, my brother-in-law, I, I love, I love what he said this. He says, listen, he was going to buy a car, right? And he said, listen, you better give it to me for this price um, because I can pray to God. He'll make the price lower because he loves me. So let's just let's just sign the paper right now. You know what I'm saying? You have to have that kind of attitude. You got to walk into your workplace, walk into your home. And realize that he loves you. Mom and dad, why do you pray? Because God loves me. That's why I pray. He loves me. Real simple, isn't it? But I promise you, majority of people can't even comprehend that he loves them because they feel that the prayer was rejected because at the most vital time in their life, they cried to God. And the answer came back to what they believe was no and hurt and pain and abuse happened. And they're struggling with God. And so, therefore, they are struggling with it being a duty. How can I come to a God who hurt me? That's child abuse. If I'm his child, why did he hurt me? And the enemy's over here laughing. Laughing. And plotting. And so the first thing that breaks this thing, he loves me. Can you imagine someone walks into this gathering 
and they realize that the prayers that we're offering is prayers because God loves us. And they're like, how are you so confident in God's love? Because of what he did on the cross. He declared I'm righteous. You don't realize I'm battling the week I had and the mistakes I made and the thoughts I had. Come on. And the sins I committed. I can't live like that because prayer then will become difficult and demonic. And I'm trying to get over here to it being a delight and a desire. So I have to have the duty. It's my duty to pray. Let's go on. The second thing is, number two, is because he hears me. This is in order now. This is in the biblical order. I'm going to because he hears me. Psalms 116, verse 1 and 2. So God loves me. The second thing, God hears me. It's not God hears me, then God loves me. It's got to be first, God loves me. Then number two, he hears me. Psalms 116, 1 and 2. I love the Lord. Look at that. Because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ears to me, his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as what? I live. So he loves me because he doesn't reject my prayer. And so he hears me. First John 5.15 says it this way in the New Testament. And if we know that he hears us, watch this now. And if we know that he hears us, stop right there. We don't go any further because we're still struggling. I don't know if you heard me. I'm telling you right now, he loves you. He didn't reject your prayer. So let's read more of the scripture. Come on. That is so good. That is so good. Because if we know that he hears us, how do we know that he hears us? Because he loves me. Not an audible voice. I know in my will he loves me, so I know that he hears me. So whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. That's prosperity preaching, folks. (laughs) Come on. Prosperity is connected to peace. That's what it is. And if we know that he hears us, why do you know, TGP, those watching online, why do you know that he hears you? What's the answer? Not because I heard an audible voice. Not because some cloud was risen. Not because some sign in the sky. The reason why you know he hears you is because he loves you. It's great to have the clouds. It's great to have the signs. It makes me feel good. But if you are not mature enough to rest in your soul that he loves you, you will be deceived because the enemy will bring all sorts of signs to you. And then, oh, I heard God and I heard God and I heard God. No, I heard God because he loves me. And because he loves me, I won't do anything outside of his will. And God will never tell me something outside of his will. So no, devil, you're a liar because that's not lines up with God's will. And my will won't come in agreement with that will. I'm setting people free. No, the spirit of God setting people free. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You see, I didn't say that you would hear God at all times. I said that because you don't hear God doesn't change the truth that God hears you. That's so good. I don't hear God. Oh, it doesn't bother me. He hears me. God hasn't spoken to me in a while. No, you're just not. He's, he's, he hears you. He's speaking. He really is. He's going to do it. So God does what? He loves me. The second thing is what? He hears me. The third thing is I pray more because he cares for me. I want you to get something as we continue on this. I've yet to even talk about a need yet. <laughs> I didn't bring anything to God of material value. I've been just talking about who God is. 
He loves you. He hears you. He cares for you. First Peter 5 verse 7. First Peter 5 verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This word care comes from the Greek word to throw up or to place upon. So the burden that you brought into the soul ram, he's like, what are you doing? Give it to me. Cast it on me. Cast that burden on me. Take your children and put it on, put it on Jesus. Your finance, put it on Jesus. Whatever you need, put it on Jesus. The pressure, put it on Jesus. I'm telling you right now, I am not mental health and excuse, mental illness, because we need to actually have mental health, right? And so prayer actually promotes mental health. Mental illness has come because of the pressures and psychological sometimes, but demonic at other times, where counseling and, and medication might be required. So I'm not saying stop taking your pills. What I am telling you, though, is why don't we actually, actually, actually go spiritual and realize while those things are working, why don't we just add to the soul realm this, that anxiety is not helping you if you're struggling with depression. So get rid of one thing. So get rid of anxiety while you deal with your depression. Get rid of the anxiety, right, while you carry this on. The Lord showed this to me because as my daughter, she drives back and forth and she sends her direction and I keep checking. I did great this time. I didn't check quite a bit as much as I do before, you know, checking where she is. And I know she can see it, right? So I'm thinking, oh, I'm checking up on her. She's like, Daddy, I see every time you check, right? I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's my car. I can check if I want to. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's my phone. You know what I mean? So really nothing you have that's yours, right? Um, I know I tell you I'm Jamaican, but I really am Jamaican, right? And so that's, that, that, that's how it works. Um, you feel me? You feel me? And so what the enemy was doing was this. He was taking my concerns for her travel and painting a picture of danger so I would get into anxiety. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. God's like, no, be concerned. You're a parent. But don't let the enemy play in your mind a blown tire and crash and she stops at the gas station. So the enemy's like, ooh, I'm going to play with his mind, Right? So he's saying, while you're concerned, don't add anxiety there, folks. Listen, there are certain things that the enemy's playing in your mind. Get rid of it. Leave the movie theater. Take your popcorn and leave the movie theater. Ooh, that's so good for somebody. Take your popcorn and leave the movie theater. Come on. That movie is not real. Ooh, that's helping somebody right there. My God, my God. And ask for your money back while you're at it. Ask for your money back. Say, devil, you lied about this movie. Give me my money back. And my popcorn. You know what I mean? Right? Praise God. Woo! My God. Put it on Jesus. Come on. Put it on Jesus. He says, bro, give me Lizzie. Come on. I got her. You think you love her more than me? What, are you crazy? You must be crazy. You think you love her more than me. Is it her will to be there? Yes. So chill. Recognize the love I have for her. This is so simple, but yet so powerful, man. Come on, folks. You're talking about a recession in 2023. Not for us. Come on, folks. Not, say it, not for me. He loves me regardless of the economy. He loves me regardless of what people say about me. He loves me. And on top of it, he says, cast it on him. Because he cares for me. Oh, I love the song that says, oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
All our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. So I'm teaching you this order. Don't change the order. Come on. When Elijah was battling the prophets of Baal, and, and they, they did their thing, and they were crying out, cutting himself, and doing anything, praying to a dead God who doesn't exist. When Elijah came back, this is Second Kings now. When Elijah came back, he put the wood back in order. And so I'm not just giving you principles to just throw somewhere. This is actually the order. You cannot get to he cares for me if you don't believe he loves you. It's impossible. It has to be he loves me. Oh, my God. Whew. And he hears me. Because you won't have the strength to cast it on him if you don't believe he loves you or hears you. You would think it's a foolish work of religious stuff. And nobody wants to be a hypocrite. Nobody wants to be fake. So here he says in Psalm 69, 13, he says, watch this now, Psalm 69, 13. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At acceptable time, Psalm 69, 13, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love. That's what he says. Excuse me. My apologies. I skipped one. My apologies. We pray more because he answers me, Psalm 69, 13. Because he answers me. So he cares for me and because he answers me. Now Psalm 63, 19. But as for me, my prayer is to you. Someone said, as for me. My prayer is to God. Mm. Oh Lord, at an acceptable time, oh God, in the abundance of your what? Steadfast love. He says what? Answer me in your saving faithfulness. God, answer me and give me that new car. No. Answer me and give me this. No. Answer me in your saving faithfulness. Oh, my goodness. In Hosea, he says this, Hosea 14, verse 8. He says, oh, Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? I don't deal with idols. It is I who answer and look after you. Oh, my goodness. Can we get Hosea 14, 8 up on the screen? Because you got to see this. So you know I'm reading from the Bible. This is so good. Oh, Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? Don't have any other gods before me. I'm not in those things. They can't love you. They certainly don't hear you. Because how could you take a tree that is dead, that you carved out to, and you think it's alive? God's like, it doesn't make any sense what you're doing. He said, I don't deal with idols. He says, it is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Oh, my goodness. My God, someone's getting free this morning. Someone's getting free this morning. Come on. The dark clouds is leaving you. Come on, the demonic and difficulty has to stay at bay. They know right now, oh my goodness, they found us out. They recognize. I pray more because he answers me. And why is this important? Because it's these individuals I want praying for me then. Because <laughs> if you don't know God loves you, how are you going to pray a prayer of love for me? You ain't doing that. It's going to be religious. Because when he says, pray for your enemies... Ouch. God's not answering my prayer because I told you, pray for your enemies. It's a duty and it's a discipline. You don't know what they did. I love you more than what they did to you. Oh, this is so good. 
And we're saying, God doesn't answer prayer. God's like, what? You show me a time I didn't answer a prayer that Jesus prayed. You show me one time in the Bible where a prayer that Jesus asked. I'm not saying a request that was given. I'm talking about what Jesus asked. Oh, let me let that sink in because y'all, maybe you missed that. People came all the time just to want to touch him, just had needs. They, they didn't want him. They just wanted what he can give to them. And it's in that case that I couldn't do any miracles here because of their unbelief. He didn't say God didn't answer him. He said because of their unbelief, he couldn't do anything because all they wanted was just a touch. They followed him because they got fed and they wanted more food. They saw the manna. They're like, mm, this guy can feed us. Let's go after him. They weren't sincere. They weren't really trying to have a duty and a discipline. They just wanted nourishment. They wanted physical stuff. That's the only time you read where the prayer wasn't answered. But whenever Jesus prayed, why? Because he told them, Father, so they know you always hear me. Do this. So even though you look after me, do this. Come on. That for saving grace, do this. He always looked to the Father. And what we're seeing here, he said, is that I will answer and look after you. He says it comes from the fruit, comes from being connected to the vine. You abide in him. He says, I will answer you and look after you. T-G-P. We will not worry in 2023. Why? Because the God of heaven who loves us is answering our prayers and he's looking after us. Because we don't worship idols. Come on, somebody. You don't worship Pastor Rowe. No, 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 no. You don't worship the praise team. Come on, somebody. You don't worship your family. No, you worship God and God alone. He's the answer to your requests. I don't care if you have friends with a multimillionaire. It is God who looks after you. Come on, somebody. Eh? I got to hurry up because time's going and they're strumming their guitar. Now watch this now. I will pray more because he fights for me. Woo! Woo! He fights for me. You couldn't get to this place until you got through everything else. Second Chronicles 20 verse 15. 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15. And he said, listen all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Judah means praise. Jerusalem means peace. Listen to me, all those who praise and live in peace. Thus said the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at the great horde. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I wish I had one person in this place that knows praise and knows peace. Come on. I wonder if we can be Pentecostal for a second. If you could, if you can give God a praise offering, if you can, if you can shout glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He fights for me. He fights for me. Devil, I want you to know that God fights for me. This battle, this battle. This battle belongs to the Lord God Almighty. God says, give me the burden and I'll fight the battle. Give me the burden and I'll fight the battle. Hey, my God. God, fight for America, please, my God. Hey. Fight for this nation, God. Righteous people, open up your mouth and say, God, fight for this nation. You don't like policies? Fight, God. Fight, 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 fight. Woo! Ah, he fights for me. Why are you chilling? He's fighting. Why are you relaxing? He's fighting. 
Why aren't you talking back to faking yourself? He's fighting. Come on. They're talking about you, but God is fighting. And I'm praying for my enemies because God is fighting. Because vengeance is mine, saith God. I will repay. He, he fights for me. He fights for me. He fights for me. Last one. Last one. Someone say last one. I will pray more because he supplies my needs. Six, the number of men. <laughs> and now we finally got to the place where he supplies my needs. This is on the soul realm. Philippians 4 verse 19 says this. My God will supply every need. And my God will do what? Supply every need of yours. How? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. TGP. Those watching online. I'm going to tell you right now. I feel this message in my bones. It's going to make my hair grow back. I'm going to get an afro again. This message is so good. My goodness. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Someone say hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. We serve a God who supplies all our needs. Someone say hallelujah. It's my duty. It's a discipline. Because I will pray more this year. And let me leave you with this. Second Chronicles 20 verse 25. If we can get that up on the screen. Because some of you, this is right where you are. My God, hallelujah. You've been tracking with me. You've been walking with me. You've been running with me. And now here's where we land. And my, whew, this is so good. Second Chronicles 20, 25. When Jehoshaphat, which means God is judge, and his people came to take their spoil. They found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, precious things, which they took for themselves until they couldn't carry no more. You see, they gave their burdens to the Lord. He fought the battle, so their hands were free to get the spoils. Come on, somebody. You're trying to get the blessing with the burden. And God is saying, you got to give up one. Give up the burden and walk in the blessing. And when you pray more, my God, somebody right now, I see you. You're t- that's mine. That belongs to me. That belongs to me. That belongs to me. That belongs to me. It says it took four days of gathering all the stuff. Because God supplies all my needs. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Ro, I'm right in the middle of the message. I am smack right in the middle of the message. I want to commune with God as a desire and a delight. And I know it's difficult, and thank you for letting me know it's demonic. But I'm right here. And thank you for bringing this revelation to me. Thank you. Because now I know the reason I will pray more this year. Whatever head bowed, every eyes closed. If you don't know this God that we've been talking about, this God who loves you, who hears you, who cares for you, who answers you, who fights for you, who supplies you. And if you don't know this God, invite him into your life right now. Stand righteous before God so you can enjoy a relationship with him. 
And if that's you and you said that prayer, say, Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender everything to you. But here's how we're going to launch you. As these guys sing whatever's on their heart. Here's how we're going to launch you. Just give us a couple more minutes. Because we've got to put action to our faith. If your will has come in agreement and you're saying, and you're saying, it's my duty and it's a discipline. It's time for you now to make your step. If there's a need that you have, I want you by faith, my God, whether right where you are or come to this altar, but as an act of faith, because you recognize I will pray more, I want you now to come if there's a need because it's right here in front of you. That need that you have, God has given it to you. Right? Oh, I feel this thing so strong in my spirit that God is saying, I am pouring out blessings. I'm pouring out blessings. That as you pray, I'm pouring out blessings. If there's a blessing that you see that you want to get a hold of, respond to it. Whether that's your seat or coming to this altar. Go ahead, praise team. But if that's you, by act of faith, I want you to get out of your seat and come to this altar. Or right where you are. Make an altar where you are. And says, God, I will pray more. Thank you for the blessing. Right now, right now. Come on, go ahead, go ahead. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If there's a need that you have, right now is the moment to respond to this message in faith that He supplies my need. And so, right where you are seated, or if you want to come to this altar, either one, but make sure your posture is one of Lord, I thank you for the blessing that you supply my needs. Praise Him. Go ahead and sing just for a couple of seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.